You're listening to Drek FM. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. The new Superior Death Star. Soon it will be complete. With its destructive power at our command, we shall crush the rebels once and for all. Meh. Meh? Meh! Don't get me wrong, Lord Vader. I'm all for ruling the galaxy. That's my thing. But you remember what happened to the first Death Star? <clears throat> yes. I was there. Oh, right, you were. Let's go to the replay. Is this really necessary? I have you now. What? Yeah! You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. <laughs> <laughs> I have you now. <laughs> oh, gets me every time. <laughs> Nobody could have anticipated that. Perhaps you can see why I might want a plan B, Vader. Dooku always had a plan B. How's that? Nothing. Continue. Impress me. He's not going to impress me. Master, we recently uncovered something of interest in the Jedi archives. The Kyber Saber. Ooh, Emperor Likey. What's it do? Don't care, I want it. Gimme, gimme, gimme! One small problem. Ah, here it comes. We don't exactly know where it is. Uh. But our forces are scouring the galaxy. The Kyber Saber will be found. It better be, Lord Vader. And soon. Welcome, everyone, to another supplemental episode of the 602 Club. I am your host, Matthew Rushing, and I'm really excited to be here tonight because we're going to be talking about something that I have really gotten into over the last, I would say, couple of months. And um, to be able to talk about the subject, I needed an expert. And so that meant that I scoured the internet. Well, I didn't really have to because he's a friend of mine, and he does the one and only podcast out there that is actually devoted to the subject we're going to be talking about, which makes him unique, which is pretty crazy in the Star Wars podcasting community. And we're talking about none other than Aaron Goins of Star Scavenger Podcast, a Lego Star Wars podcast. Man, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Matt. Wow, expert, no pressure. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're the only one that's doing a podcast about it, you have to be the expert, right? No, nah, that's never the truth. I mean, <laughs> and I'm not the only one. <laughs> I have a co-host, too. Anyone can podcast about anything, yes, so it definitely doesn't that is make true. someone an expert. That is true. But um, You do have a wonderful co-host, so which we should shout out to, Jonah Marie Macias. Uh, and so you do it together, but you still do the only show that's devoted specifically to... Well, what we're going to be talking about, which is the Freemaker Adventures. Yes. The only one I'm aware of, I will say. I'm not, you know, who okay. knows? There could be another one out there, but yeah, I think we're we're the only ones um, that I'm aware of that are covering the show, but we're really happy to do it. 
and um, I'm excited to talk about it with you tonight. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, um, and we don't want to offend anybody. If if you have, you know, recently just started, then welcome to the community. We're glad that more people are talking about this show because honestly, more people should be talking about this show. So uh, just a quick reminder for everybody, you can find all the shows we do here on Trek FM at um, iTunes. Uh, over there on Apple Podcasts, we're a feature provider. So hit us up at iTunes.com slash Trek FM. And uh, while you're there, uh, we're doing a review contest right now. I'm trying to give away to some some people uh, uh, really exclusive Guardians of the Galaxy swag. Uh, so uh, go review us on iTunes, the 602 Club, and you could win. Just make sure your review is in by June 2nd. And then uh, you can find us on Twitter at TrekFM, Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. We have the listeners-only discussion group on Facebook. That's called the Babel Conference. If you go over to Facebook, type Babel into the search field, and you'll find us. Uh, if you're on our website at Trek.FM, You'll find us there, too. Just hit discussion on any of the menu bars on any of the show pages, and that'll bring you over there. And then last but not least, if you have something you really want to talk about with us here in the 602 Club, and we love this, getting emails, go to trek.fm slash contact, choose a show, choose the 602 Club, and that'll come straight to us. So, uh, Aaron, there have been some other Lego shows, right? And, and there's been other Lego things that Star Wars has done because, I mean... I guess for me, I kind of really got into the games. So I just kind of want to talk about Lego for a second with you because I know we're both kind of Lego geeks. Um, what got you into Lego? And then what made you transition in thinking a show that's kind of, you would think maybe, oh, that's a kid's show, you know. Uh, what brought you to the Freemaker Avengers? Well, like any kid that grew up kind of in the late 80s into the 90s, Lego was just part of your childhood. You know, I've, that was one of the type of toys that just was around. I grew up with, uh, there were five of us, five boys in my family. So we had a lot of Lego. We had a lot of G.I. Joes. We had the typical toys that the, the kids from the 80s and 90s grew up with, which I'm sure you can relate with. Um, so when it came to Lego, I mean, it was just, it was definitely not a thing about collecting yet. It was more about just playing with toys. And... Um, we had we had a decent number of, of sets when I was a kid, but we weren't much about keeping them together. You know, you you build it once and then it gets broken apart and it never gets put back together again. It just ends up in a big box of Lego, um, and so that was kind of just a big part of my childhood. But recently, I would say within the past year or so, I've kind of um, you know I went through a phase like in the '90s, late '90s, when the Star Wars Legos came out. Star Wars Lego. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I remember. Yeah, with kind of the re the uh, re release of the original trilogy leading up into the. Can I ask you something, Aaron? Yeah. Were you as angry as I was as a kid? Well, not really a kid. I was a teenager at that point, and you're like, why couldn't they have put these out like ten years ago when I was a kid? <laughs> but it's better when they come out when you're an adult because you actually have money. <laughs> Right. That's true. That's true. But, you know, you always get to ask for it from Christmas and stuff. I, I just remember having that reaction. I was like, if I had had these Lego sets as a kid, I would have been in heaven. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So Lego Lego didn't always have Star Wars. So when it came out with Star Wars sets, that kind of got me back into buying sets as an adult, a young, very young adult. You know, when the those sets came out, I was still just in my you know late teens, early 20s. So I still didn't have the expendable money yet. 
Um, you know, you yeah. weren't at that point in life where you could just go out and buy a Lego set. You had to decide if you're buying a Lego set or buying like a meal, you know, when you're in college. Yeah, or gas stuff. for your car, right. you know. <laughs> um, but recently in the past couple of years uh, with, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, I guess with Star Wars being reinvigorated with the, the new movies coming out and all of that, it got me back interested into Lego again. And this is kind of a revival of Lego for me. So I've been recently really getting into not only buying new sets and building new sets, but actually going back into my parents' house and finding that big box of old Lego and getting that box out and seeing what old sets I can recreate. And um, that's been the most fun part is I've found that I'm actually more interested in recreating the classic stuff than I am in buying the new stuff. It's very funny, and I love that we're getting a chance to actually just like geek out about Lego for a little bit because uh, if people uh, got to peek at our like private messages together, they would see a lot of pictures of sets that we've built or things that we've created recently, and we're both pretty much the same age. I mean, I think you're one year younger than I am, and it's it's hilarious to me that we've kind of gotten back into Lego, but that's one of the fun things about Lego, and that's why I loved it as a kid as well, is it's so creative, and it's an outlet for your mind in that sense. And it's it's something, and it's a toy that's actually worth investing in because it lasts forever. And you've got kids now, and so you get to pass that on to your kids, and they'll pass that toy on to their kids because it just, I mean... Most of the pieces are made to last as as long as possible if you take care of them. And uh, I'm right there with you. I actually have that tub um, that used to be in an ammo crate, but I transferred it into a, a sealed tub, a uh, plastic tub that has all my Legos in it. And it's huge, and it's totally full. Um, and <laughs> I've been doing the same thing that you have, you know, with, with the revival of Star Wars. Uh, just being so massive again and them creating these incredible sets. I've started to invest in some of those sets and, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, for one, as, as a collector and a fan, the only place to get the ghost was in Lego. They don't have, you know, a, a, a toy version of that anywhere. Um, you know, so things like that have happened. Uh, and, you know, I got the U-Wing and Pose uh, X-Wing. I've got a, a Rebel... Um, I don't know what they call it. I can't. It's like a rebel transport uh, from from Star Wars Rebels that came with Ahsoka as oh, a minifig. Yeah. You so got to get really why I bought it. And that's the thing with with these sets is a lot of my decision making on what sets I'm going to build. It's all about what minifigs it comes with. You know, I want to have <laughs> you know if Ahsoka comes with that set, I don't care about the ship itself necessarily. But I think that's probably why they put Ahsoka in that set because they're like, no one cares about this rebel transport. But if we put Ahsoka in there, people will buy it. You know, they know how these collectors are, that we, we're looking for certain really cool, unique minifigs. Um, so, yeah, I've been, a lot of the sets you just named, U-Wing, X-Wing, that, that stuff, um, you know, are sets that I bought as well. I just recently got the um, the Sarlacc pit, and I'm actually in a really rare position because normally I'm looking to buy the next set. You know, I have that itch, mm -hmm. you know, once you finish a set, you need another one. But for whatever reason, because of timing of, you know, events in my life, um, I actually have like three sets of Star Wars Lego that are just unopened that I'm waiting to build. I have the Duel of Fates one with uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. I have the um, I have a Y-Wing. And um, what's the other one? 
what else do I have here? Oh, and then the the Phantom. So, Excellent. you know, those three sets, I actually just, they're sitting right next to me right now in sealed boxes. So I'm, I'm actually very excited about the fact that um, I can just open up a box of Lego tonight if I wanted and build it. That's awesome. I'm so jealous because that Y-Wing set is outstanding. I really want that. Uh, it, it looks so good. And it comes with Adam Rattus. So, right. Mean, and that's like, does it get any better? Like you were saying with, uh, you know, with Lego, sometimes you can get unique things. Where else are you going to get a, a little, you know, an Admiral Rattus? You know, <laughs> like, you know, Lego is, uh, you know, it's cool where they have, who would have thought that you'd ever get a minifig of Admiral Rattus and, and, more off and all these random background characters, you know. Absolutely, like it. I mean, that I felt the same way when I bought the uh, the Phantom Two, you know, uh, from Rebels, and it comes with mini fig Thrawn, right. and I was just like, "Yes, this is awesome." Main reason I got that set: you need the mini fig of Thrawn. Absolutely. I don't even have an action figure of Thrawn. Uh, I actually have. I found the action figure. Did you? Um, there's a yeah. There's a Star Wars store here in uh, in the Portland area. And it's all Star Wars toys. And the guy is really good at getting a hold of those really hard-to-find figures. And he had the Thrawn for a cost. Uh, not the jacked-up prices you get at a comic book store, but just like what you would you should get at the price. So it was wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, Lego has so many. In fact, there's a set that's coming out that I can't wait this summer. And it's, the, uh, it's a Rebel tank. No, not a Rebel tank. It's the Republic tank. And it comes with minifig Ayla Secura, and I'm like, I totally have to have that. It's minifig Ayla Secura. I can't not have that set. And that's from so. like Attack of the Clones, you know. That's it, absolutely. They're still making sets, you know. Like I was just saying, the one from the Phantom Menace. So it's not like they're only building sets based on the new movies coming out. They're going back and you know getting some of the greatest hits, and they're always upgrading. You know, you have you have the old original Han Solo minifig that came out where he's yellow like everybody else was yellow and then they started doing the skin tone so you get a new Han Solo with kind of the plain Lego hair and now they have a new Han Solo with the actual like more textured detailed hair so there's always an upgraded version of the thing like the X-Wing the X-Wing set yes yes the the original X-Wing set was so basic you know and it would be awesome to have it because it's a classic set but it's a really basic build where now the X-Wing sets are so detailed and they're so, they look so much like the ships that you see in the movies. I mean, Lego just continues to improve and improve. Right. And I mean, uh, yeah, I was thinking, and then you can get old Han from, you know, The Force Awakens when he comes with yeah. uh, the Millennium Falcon, you know. So it's like you can have Han in every iteration. Yes. Um, so uh, what's funny and, and what's interesting, you know, Lego really took off again, too, for Star Wars because it wasn't just the sets started to come out. Then they had the video games and that kind of re- recreated Star Wars for all of us fans in this lovable Lego. And it, it really, it's the Lego sensibility. They created their whole new way of telling stories that I can only think of it in that it's the Lego sensibility that there's a Lego way of telling a story and, and they have their own sense of humor in it and everything. And those games came out. And then of course they started doing the specials, the Yoda Chronicles and whatnot. And it's like, they've just continued to build until you got to this point with uh, the Freemaker adventures. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I want to, do with this show is kind of destroy the misconception that this is only for kids 
so I wanted to ask you specifically in that, like, what was it about this show that kind of got you into it, that drew you to it first, and then have kept you watching and then creating a podcast about it? And, you know, it, it's it's also helped fuel your fandom in incredible ways, whether it's your first cosplay at Star Wars Celebration to, you know, reigniting and helping drive your love for, you know, the Lego toy in and of itself. Yeah, it is. The thing is to remember with a lot of these shows is it is for kids. But the key word to take out is only for kids. It's not only for kids. Absolutely. It is It is designed for children. These shows, especially a show like this, it's even aiming at a younger generation than something like Rebels is. Um, but because of the themes of the show and the heart of the show, adults can also appreciate it and watch it with their kids. Um, the humor is, is, you know, the type of humor that's very clever, um, that type of thing. But kind of rewinding, I guess, to kind of answer your question uh, fully, when they first announced that there was going to be a new Star Wars animated series... And they were talking about Freemaker Adventures. They hadn't re- haven't hadn't revealed what it was going to be yet, and we knew it was coming. And then they announced that it was going to be a Lego show. I will admit, I was very very disappointed because I'm a huge fan of the Clone Wars, huge fan of Rebels, and I really wanted there to be another animated series like those shows. Um, so when they said Lego, I was like, eh, you know, Lego. We've seen the Lego stuff that had come out previously, and although I will, you know, will say that it's been very well made, very well written, some really funny stuff, it was always just parodies of Star Wars, and it wasn't a story. It was kind of retelling stuff we'd already seen, or really parodying, you know, Yoda or whoever um, they're portraying. They're doing these very parody versions of them, and it just it was fun to watch, but it was something I never really got into. And so when they said there was going to be more Lego Star Wars, it was like, okay, Lego Star Wars, we've seen it, whatever. So when when it actually did come to Disney XD, I really wasn't that interested. I figured I'd watch it because it's Star Wars. You know, Star Wars fans like us, we intake. You, They put Star Wars on it, we're probably going to watch it. Um, we might not love it, but we're going to watch it. So I figured I'd watch it eventually, but I wasn't that excited about it. But I did decide to go ahead and sit down and watch a couple episodes after that. I think they had they released like three episodes in the very the first Saturday that it came out. And I decided to sit down and watch it and I was pleasantly surprised. It was a different type of Lego Star Wars that I had never seen before where they were establishing characters and a storyline that um wasn't just a parody of stuff we had seen before. And so I think that's really what got me hooked because it surprised me. I had come in with such a negative attitude about it. And then when I watch the first couple episodes and I find myself cracking up at this robot, you know, this or this droid named Roger, you know, and this family and everything that they were portraying on screen was so much deeper than anything they had done with Lego Star Wars before this. I, I was like, this is different. This is a different kind of Lego. Um So, yeah, I was excited about it. And I was excited, you know, my son being the perfect age for it the time he was 4 now he's turning or he just turned 5 so he's he is the age range they're aiming for with this show uh, maybe a little young but he's pretty much close to what they're they're aiming for so it's perfect for me as someone who enjoys lego who enjoys star wars enjoys star wars storytelling to share this with my son so yeah i was hooked pretty quick it took 
it took uh, just a couple episodes to really get me on board with the show. It's really funny. Um, one of the things that I've loved about getting to know you over the last year specifically uh, more intensively as we met in Dragon Con and everything is is how similar we are sometimes. And that's exactly the same attitude that I had when the show first started. I was like, oh, really? Just like more Lego? But those, I mean. We're the stereotypical okay. fanboy. Like yeah. we're the. Exactly. We're the problem, Matt. <laughs> Sometimes we are. We try to be, Absolutely. and the thing is, it's a, it's about being an evolved, in my mind, I always think of it as being an evolved Star Wars fan, because we do tend, you know, I think guys that are kind of in our age range, who are kind of right in the middle of, you know, we didn't necessarily grow up with the original trilogy, because we were a little young, but we found Star Wars through other, you know, either as you know, our parents had it on TV or we picked up a book or a comic. People in our generation of Star Wars fans typically found Star Wars differently. You know, we didn't find it with going to the theater to watch the movies. We were just too young. Um, Yeah, we usually found it just watching it on TV. So by the time the prequels came out, we were too old to get the Jar Jar stuff and to get the little Anakin stuff. We wanted... You know, when so when Phantom Menace came out, you were 20, right? Ish. Uh, yeah, I was a 20, 21. Right. So you're you're in that young adult. You wanted a gritty, grittier, darker Star Wars. What a lot of the the guys that are kind of in our generation did. Um, and so I think that's kind of that fanboy mentality. We're the ones that, you know, everybody gets kind of mad at. They're like, oh, shut up, you stupid fanboys, you know? <laughs> like, And I think that we're we're the ones that are maybe the hardest sell when it comes to some of this kind of stuff. Well, and you know, that I, I think you're absolutely right to kind of call that out. And it is one of those things. And, and for me, you know, I, I, I had to realize, and, and part of um, the thing that I've done in the last few years uh, is is kind of really study George Lucas and and read a lot about him and read a lot of his own interviews and things like that. And if there's one thing that George has been very consistent on about Star Wars from the very, very beginning, it's that Star Wars is for kids. Uh, and he's legitimate, he, you know, he legitimately said in very early interviews, it's for like 12 to 14-year-olds. That's the age range, you know? Uh, and so... Uh, when we forget that that that's what he's aiming for, and that's what the aim of Star Wars was for, I think you're absolutely right. We kind of lose some of that wonder and excitement. And I think what I like about you is that, and what you said earlier is that, but I was going to at least give it a shot, you know, because of the type of fan I am, I kind of want to consume everything. And so I'm going to at least give it a shot. And we ended up loving it. Like I, you're when when the first episode I, I watched the first episode, and the emperor is harping on Darth Vader, replaying him the trench run scene, and then Darth Vader says, "I have you now," and the emperor is like, "Oh wait, go back. That's my favorite part. I have you now. But go back. That's my favorite. You know, like he's. I mean." It's a type of humor, like, it It knows how to make fun of Star Wars and at the same time love Star Wars in the same breath, 
like by making fun of it, we're also loving it. And 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 they just do it so perfectly. But not only that, but I think, you know, even the setup for this show is this Jedi Knight created a kyber saber, which is made out of a, a, a full kyber crystal, and discovered that it was so destructive that he smashed it to pieces and he gave it to Jedi Knights to hide over various areas of the galaxy. And we find that this boy, as you talked about, this family, the Freemakers, Rowan apparently is Force-sensitive, and he can sense these crystals, and so this evil uh, semi-Sith Nare, uh, who's working for the Emperor, realizes this is the case, and she's using him to try and find these crystals. And that's the thing that I wasn't expecting, is that the show was going to create basically its own little mythology in this part of the Star Wars galaxy, and it takes place between episodes five and six. And I don't even want to talk about whether or not it's canon, because I don't care, because it doesn't even matter. This show is so much fun that I legitimately don't care whether it quote-unquote fanboy happened or not in the universe, because it doesn't, it, it's just too much fun to even care about that. And I think that's the thing that I really latched on to personally with this show was that I was having such a good time watching it and it felt like every episode was a celebration of all the things that make Star Wars fun, exciting, and worth watching all at the same time. Like, it's, it feels like a Star Wars party every time I watch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny how you're, you were talking about, you know, you don't care if it's canon you know, that's something for me, um, you know, kind of talking about being trying to evolve as a Star Wars fan is that used to be so important to me. Um, if right. something was canon or not, I wanted to know if it was canon, where did it fall on the levels of canon? All that stuff used to matter so much. And you do evolve as a fan and you realize in order to enjoy Star Wars as Star Wars grows, you know, Star Wars isn't always going to be for you. You know, it's going to be there are going to be stories that you're not going to necessarily be interested in. There's going to be characters that are not meant for you to like necessarily, but someone else does like them. And so I think that's all about kind of evolving as a fan. And Freemaker Adventures is a perfect example of something that maybe in the past I wouldn't have really liked, but because I have much more of an open mind about these type of stories now, like you, I don't care if it's canon. You know, I don't care if it's canon now. Maybe 10 years ago I would have cared more um but now i all i care is that it's a, a fun story and i'm every time i tune in i know i'm gonna laugh i know i'm gonna care about the characters you know and i know i'm gonna learn something from it which is funny to think about as you know this story that is really meant for kids not all of kids tv right now has has meaning you know where it's teaching kids yeah, good absolutely. lessons and every time i watch this show I'm like, wow, that is such a cool lesson that they're teaching with the story that I want my kids to watch it. You know, no offense to SpongeBob SquarePants, but they're not going to, my kids aren't getting that if they're watching SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, they're getting it through this show though. Absolutely. And uh, it, it's funny on Aggressive Negotiations, John Mills and I were talking about that idea of, because we were thinking about, you know, George creating Star Wars and saying that his goal was to teach moral lessons that he felt like kids were losing because they were losing the mythology and they weren't really being taught those moral lessons. And I absolutely agree with you. You know, this is entertainment, but not just entertainment for entertainment's sake. 
uh, it really is has these wonderful messages of family, um, you know, finding who you are, what you're good at, and and applying yourself. One of the things that I really like about the show is is how Rowan grows as a character and in the force, and it's not an easy thing, you know, like it, 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 it he struggles with it, and and it, 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 it things aren't just easy for them but they find a way to make it through and they find a way to make it through together uh, as a family and I think that's a great message and so um, this is really a show that it's for kids but it's it's just as enjoyable for adults think about your favorite Disney movie and as an adult and all the jokes that you get that your kids don't that's exactly what this show does and not only that but this show is I think when talking about the fanboy thing, Aaron, this show should drive fanboys out of their minds with joy because of all the references that they put in to these obscure Star Wars things. So you know that the people behind this love Star Wars. I mean, let's just call out the fact that it's the wheel that they live on. And that's from an old RPG game from way back in the day. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they do for kids aren't going to get that. But fanboys who have been fanboys since 77 and, you know, they're going to get that stuff. Oh, yeah. And they throw it in for them who are watching it with their kids. And and so I think that's the thing that makes it so special is that you can tell that the people who make this show, they really do care and love Star Wars just as much as we do. Oh, definitely, and I've I've been lucky enough to to talk to the the guys Bill Bill Motz and Bob Roth, who are the executive producers, and mo- and much of the writing and storytelling is uh, stuff that they do as well. And they're the nicest guys. They love their Star Wars. They love their Lego. They're the perfect guys to be doing this show. Um, and you can see once you get to meet them and get to talk to them, why the show has the heart that it has. Yeah, we we were at the panel with them at celebration for uh season two and i think it was just like it just oozed off the stage the star wars love that was coming off of everybody up there um from bill and bob and and leland chi and and matt wood and i mean everybody that was up there uh michael kramer who does the music too was there and you know everybody was just it was like a star wars love fest and everything they were putting on screen showing us what was going to come in season two was stuff that you just knew they were drawing from all these different sources. And I, th- I think that's what's so fun about the show. And Yeah, I, uh, and I was so happy to see that they got a season two. I was really nervous about it. Yes, yes. Not even just as someone who has a podcast about it. So it's kind of like, well, we need more content so we can continue the podcast. But just as a fan of Star Wars, I was happy to see that this show um, succeeded enough to get a second season because that means that they're willing to make more things like this. Maybe we maybe Freemaker Adventures runs its course after a couple seasons, but they do another Lego Star Wars show in the same vein that does a different story with a different group. I I think because of the success that we've gotten so far with this one, it's it it's a bright future hopefully for more of this type of stuff. Um, these the people that are involved in the show deserved a second season. Um, they you know I'm so happy that they got it, and from what just the little that we did see at celebration we actually did see a full episode plus we got to see a lot of concept stuff it looks like they're really like they're taking it up a notch even then better more than they did with the first season 
in some of this uh, storytelling and characters, and um, I'm I'm super excited to see where they go with it. So I mean, who would have ever thought that one of my some of my favorite characters in Star Wars would be Lego based characters? I never yeah. thought that would be <laughs> the case. You know, you know, I know like the Yoda Chronicles introduced some characters that were new and unique, and people became fans of like uh, whatever his name was, Zek, and that whole thing, mm-hmm. but. Yep. But this, like the Freemaker family, they're some of my favorite Star Wars characters. Roger is one of my favorite droids in all of Star Wars. I never would have thought that would have been the case when the show first was announced. I don't know. I think you're discounting Ram and Bash. They're just so funny, Aaron. Um, you, I think you should really give them some love because, you know, they get, they, they, they get their feelings hurt. <laughs> Ram and Bash. I mean, even... I mean, Grabala the Hut, Raymond Bash, yes, uh, Durpin and Plume Striker, they they have built this cast of characters who I never knew I needed to see in Star Wars, but I don't know what Star Wars would be without them. You know, like absolutely, no, absolutely. I mean, let's. I mean, perfect time to just talk about our favorite characters, and and honestly, I think we're gonna just talk about them all because they're so good. I mean, one of my favorite characters is Wick Cooper. Yes, the the nasty super rich like d-bag who comes down to the freemakers place just because it's cheap and he's the rich dude who's just super cheap and loves to take advantage of everybody he can and he is such a jerk and yet he's so funny like when they're on uh naboo and he runs in the front of the line and he's like uh palpatine's number one fan excuse me excuse me palpatine's number one fan and he's at his museum he's like uh i'd like the super super wonderful uh extra deluxe package uh, and if there's something better than that i want that <laughs> like he's he's hysterical but each one of these characters has something that you kind of like latch on to and love like i had no idea i was gonna love dengar so much and they use them so well because they do have all of these characters. I mean, there were only how many episodes of the season? First season was it like? There are thirteen episodes. Yeah, so you have thirteen episodes, but somehow within that thirteen episodes, they not only focused on the Freemaker family. So you have the main crew of that. Then you have Nare. You have the Emperor. You have Vader. All major characters that kind of are part of the main storyline. But then you have all these other characters that are just side characters who are so funny and get just enough screen time. They don't overdo it. They use Raymond Bash just enough. They use Cooper just enough. I mean, it's, it is, it it is amazing to see the skill in everyone that's involved in the creative process in the show is the skill in the storytelling where you can love characters like Durpin and Plume Striker, but those characters only show up every once in a while. You know, they don't need to be in every episode. And the fact that they keep recurring. So Durpin and Plume Striker are two Imperials, and Durpin is fully com- committed to doing nothing, to having the job in the Empire that requires a nothing of him where nothing happens, and he either gets either promoted or demoted throughout the series because of the different things that the Freemakers do. And it's just so funny, his relationship, because Plume Striker is on the other side. He's really committed to his leader, Durpin, but he also really wants to climb the ladder of the Empire. <laughs> and Durpin doesn't want that. He he just wants to sit down in a place that's quiet with a cup of calf, as he says, and do nothing. 
Yeah, we, me and Jonah Marie in, in our podcast were talking about Durpin and kind of my hopes for the character. You know, my my hopes is that he eventually defects to the Rebellion because he thinks that's a way to get away from responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Rebellion puts him in a really, you know, a big high position where he has more responsibility. You know, just that would be the, the ultimate, I think, uh, end for that character is that he ends up with the Rebellion with even more responsibility than he had on the Empire. Like he's responsible for all of their inventory or something, so he's constantly busy. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so the main characters we have are, are Xander, Freemaker, Cordy, Freemaker, and Rowan. And Xander and Cordy are the older brother and sister to Rowan, who's the younger, Force-sensitive character that we mentioned. And one of the things that I really liked about the relationship between them is the way in which... You know, Rowan is kind of the classic ADD kid uh, who, and and I can relate because that's what I was as a younger person, but my parents were pretty supportive of me and I never went on medication for it. They just put up with it and and found a way to, to handle me, you know, and that's the way that Xander and Cordy are with him. You know, they lovingly take care of him and encourage him and what he's good at and help him grow and and mature in these things. And I just I loved the way that they're telling the story with these three characters because it is really fun. It's very true to life and very much a a, this family. Um, And and yet uh, it's I just I like you said, they kind of became some of my favorite characters in Star Wars and they're Lego characters. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about the show is that it is so family. It's about family. You know, it's about loyalty, family, you know, being a good person, being a builder as opposed to someone who destroys things. You know, it works perfectly with something like Lego where it's all about building things. And, you know, they have these life lessons in the show where it's about being constructive, being a builder. And I, I think it works perfectly for uplifting storytelling and i i always respond better to that type of storytelling where you know i like stuff you know to be gritty and dark and edgy sometimes you know it can't always be you know happy you know uh happy bubblegum stories all the time but there is something about a story about a family that's so close-knit and you can tell they really care about each other even roger you know who is a droid is part of this family and cares about being part of this family. And I just, I think it's such a, it's such a good example for, for kids that watch it. When Rowan makes Roger relive every time he's been killed by a master Jedi Knight, whether it's Mace Windu or Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Kit Fisto, that's the funniest thing ever because then he's having that showdown with Nare close to the end of the series. And Roger's like, I showed him everyone. Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the trump card, the the ace that he pulls out, and Mace Windu. And I was just like, okay, that is just awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love Roger. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, who knew that a battle droid would be one of your favorite characters? But they really... And, and that's the thing that I, I think I want to call out, especially with the characters and even kind of moving into the episodes that we love. These people who create this show love every single aspect of Star Wars. You know, they love PT. 
They love the OT. They, you can tell they even like the sequel trilogy. They like what came in Legends books and stuff because they're pulling all of this stuff to tell all of these fun stories. And that's what I like is the like you were talking about that with the, the storylines with the family and everything like that. This is such a positive experience of Star Wars that just kind of there's no distinction. There's no lines between PT and Rogue. I mean, it's just all there and they use it all to their advantage fully. And I think that's one of the things that I've enjoyed as much about it as well. So Yeah, they've had I mean, they get the best cameos. I mean, they they've already had Luke, Leia, Lando Chewbacca, pretty much anyone that can show up, because at the time period it is Han can't necessarily be there, um, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they haven't freed Han yet. Yeah, so. so yeah, so you get all the cameos from the original trilogy. Plus, we we get um, you know prequel related things. Maybe not characters from the prequels because they're not necessarily around anymore. But we get throwbacks to stuff like Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, the you know Wit Coopers um Naboo Starfighter you know so that's a that was a big part of an episode so they have the callbacks to that stuff and then you know now with Rebels we got to see Hera um is going to be in the season in season two uh Chopper was in one of the shorts you know so they're they are they're bringing in things from all over the galaxy um so yeah they they're doing a great job with it what were some of uh your favorite episodes from season one the the ones that you kind of found yourself going back to the most that you really enjoyed hmm so i think the the hoth episode was really cool the mm, yes the baby wampa was funny you have you know my wife she's not really into this show but she saw the baby wampa and immediately like perked up <laughs> it's adorable i mean it is adorable why aren't they selling them we get to see the the free makers in cool snow suits it's always cool to see our star wars characters wearing snow snow gear um and they always have the free maker logo on them too i love that they must have a really nice tailor it's a really cool jacket really i mean it's got the i want yeah one. the nice fur hood and it's got the free maker logo on the on the uh on the front of it yeah it's a great jackets but um that was the episode with, with where roger could only say the word genius right Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's a standout episode. Genius. <laughs> the Emperor so the other one that I think another standout episode that I'll say is when they went to the Emperor's uh museum. And some of the humor in that episode was just hilarious. Like I was falling out of my chair laughing at at stuff in that episode where the part where the emperor is talking about how the bathroom is not quite operational you know that yes (laughs) where they did the perfect cadence of how he says it in return of the jedi it was uh, i mean i was not expecting that and i was laughing so hard when they when they dropped that line well and and what's so funny is that they're there to find a kyber crystal and everybody gets sidetracked Cordy gets sidetracked because, oh, Princess Amidala's dresses! And Xander gets sidetracked because there's a whole room devoted to ships. And, of course, the N1 Starfighter is in there, and he's going gaga. And then Rowan's like, gonna stay focused, gonna stay focused, gonna stay focused. That's not really my thing. Ooh, power buffer. He's like, <laughs> like riding he's a like, buffer around. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's and, and then everything that can go wrong does go wrong. And you're absolutely right. It just, all of the inside jokes that they put into... The episodes, it's just incredible. 
Um, I, I, I think that's the thing that I love about, actually, I've watched the season twice now just because there's so many fun little jokes that you miss the first or even second time. Like I'm excited to actually watch it again just because I pick up all these little things that they do. And so, um, no, those are fantastic episodes. Um, I'm trying to think, I think my favorite episode is the maker of Zoe. Yeah, they, and, that one is a good one because it pulls in the mythology outside of the show, you know, where they're they're bringing a character from another Star Wars property um, or a previous, you know, Star Wars Lego series where they actually tied it in. I That that was really cool. And especially for fans of that storyline um, to kind of give them something to get excited for about this show. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't just that. Um I realized in my second watching that this is a whole episode about fans and George Lucas. That Zoe was the character that everybody thought was so great, like he was going to be the savior of the universe. And then the, the, the droids that are with him, like they start turning their back on him because they think, oh, well, he doesn't really care about us. He doesn't like us. He, he's not doing what we want him to do. So we'll just get rid of him. And it's this whole episode, and it's it's so meta about fans and their response to the maker, because that's what he's called, the maker. And he even looks like George Lucas. Um, <laughs> he does. I will say that you're right. He does kind of look like George Lucas. And so I, my realization that it really was a whole episode where the undertones of it are about the relationship between fans to people who make things and specifically fans of star wars and their relationship with george lucas their love hate relationship with him i thought it was just hysterical and honestly something i think all fans need to watch just to 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 remind yourself that you're not better than the maker uh, <laughs> it was just hysterical um and that episode and then i'm trying to think i i really liked the um i really liked the episode where they go to tatooine and they're doing the pod racing i thought that was really funny um because it brought back a lot of the phantom menace um cues that they could do uh they brought in jabba the hut which was really funny um some good know, ram and bash it. humor in that one yes really good humor with him and uh come on ben quadraneros was in the episode was that the one with Boba Fett, or was yes okay. Boba Fett and and uh, uh, Dengar are talking about like, hey, how's your mother? And they're like, how's the family? And it's just hysterical. Like they're having this whole like dude conversation. Uh, they even have like a secret handshake and everything. It's it's fabulous. It's a great episode. Yeah, I mean, there's really not. There's not a bad episode, you know. They there's always every episode that's come out has had something in it that I really, you know, either thought was really funny or you know just was heartfelt. I, you know, like I said, the series completely came out of nowhere for me, and has has really exceeded all of my expectations. So at this point, it's almost like they could do no wrong, <laughs> and I'm yeah super excited for season two with some of the elements that they've already shown us um, with, you know, the, the droid that's going to be kind of hunting them down MOC um, that, that guy just looks awesome. And the stuff that we saw, the brief things that we saw in the, the episode that they showed at celebration 
um, has really solidified for me that that's going to be a really good character and a really intimidating character, as hard as it is to be intimidating as a Lego minifig. Um, Nare was great. I love Nare as a character, but this is a whole different type of menace that they're going to have to fight against. Yes, it really is. I, I think, um, you know, this this show is, and I guess I, one of the things I kind of wanted to end on was, I mean, we don't need to rate the season because it's five stars. Um, like, it's an awesome season. But I kind of wanted to, to just kind of talk to the fans for a second. Why should you be watching this show? Why should you give it your support? And if we haven't already convinced you of that already, what would you say to fans, Aaron? Um, I would say for fans that might be hesitant to watch it, you know, I'm already seeing a positive reaction. Because I think partially because of they got a second season. A lot of people kind of hold out when something like this comes out. And they're like, okay, is it just going to be a one-and-done thing? Do I really want to invest my time into a show like this if it's just going to get canceled after one season? But once people saw that it got renewed and then it got nominated for all those Emmys, then suddenly they're like, wait, maybe there are a lot of Star Wars fans out there that are like, maybe this is something I should be paying attention to. So I'm already happy to see that the response has risen for the show. And, you know, we were kind of joking around about my podcast being the only podcast covering the show. I think that's going to change. You know, I think with anything in Star Wars, you know, there now that it's kind of gained a little bit more attention, there's going to be more people that want to talk about it. And that's only going to be good thing, good for this show to get more people paying attention. But kind of my sales pitch for the show would just be, it's not, if you thought it was going to be what, what has come before with Lego Star Wars, where it's just a lot of slapstick humor and, you know, parody stuff. It's not that at all. It's much closer to something like Rebels, where you have characters that they're establishing storyline. There's growth with the characters. Um, definitely a lot more humor because it is a Lego show, so they're going to focus on the humor. But it's really funny, clever, smart humor. Um, so, yeah, I think if you haven't been watching it and you've been curious, this is a show you should be watching. And, it, you know, it's not canon, but it's not so far outside of canon that it, it it's kind of like what they call canon adjacent, where they are they are telling the story in a way that the events that are happening could happen. You know, you might not have the Lego elements, you know, where ships can fall apart and be rebuilt and stuff like that. But the actual stories and characters and and some of the events, they fit into the Star Wars story, into the Star Wars universe. Um, so it doesn't take you out of it. So yeah, I, if you're not watching it yet, give it a shot. One of the things that I, I, I love about the show is how much fun it is. You mentioned the fact that this is a storyline that's continuous. And I think one of the things that really surprised me is that this show has more connectivity sometimes than even Rebels. Like each episode really is a puzzle piece to the next episode. And yet they do such a great job of making each episode kind of feel like its own thing too. It's really well done. And maybe that's just because they only have 13 episodes and so they're very good at putting all the puzzle pieces together. But I, I just really want to compliment them on creating a show that rewards you for watching them all in order. But also, I can go and pull out any specific episode and just enjoy it for the silliness and the fun that happens in each episode. I, I would say my sales pitch is, is, if you love Star Wars, I think you're going to love the Freemakers. Because each episode really is just a celebration of what makes Star Wars so fun and so enjoyable. And nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody loves Star Wars more than the people who are making this show. 
and it shows in every single frame. It it it's it's apparent in every single in joke that only like super fans would get. Every single reference that they use, that's just kind of a throwaway. Uh, and every time that they make Cordy and Rowan and Xander go to Cloud City to save what? None other than Lando's cape. <laughs> because that's the most important thing. I mean, does it get any better than that? Um, so, an actual Billy D doing the voice. So, I mean, this is... This is definitely a show that everybody should be watching. And so um, I hope that everybody kind of enjoyed our love fest of this. Um, my goal was really just to, to introduce this show to people who may not have gotten introduced to it, especially since we're going to be getting season two. Um, I also wanted to highlight my good friend, Aaron, who does the best podcast devoted to it. So um, I really appreciate him coming on to talk about this with me and lend his expertise to the show. Uh, I hope, that everybody will let us know what they think of it as they start watching it uh, over on the Babel Conference on Twitter. These shows only come to uh, you each and every week because we have a great associate producers here on the 602 Club and people that support the network through Patreon. Ken Tripp and Davis Grayson, they've been supporting the 602 Club from almost the beginning. And they do that through Patreon.com. It's an expensive uh, enterprise to put all this on the air for you each and every week on your podcatchers. Make sure all of these uh, episodes come to you. Become part of the team. Help us make sure that happens. Uh, Patreon.com slash TrekFM. That's the place to start. Uh, we've got some great ways we want to say thank you to you for doing that. And uh, honestly, every little bit helps. Again, that's Patreon.com slash TrekFM. Aaron, man. Last year, Dragon Con. This year, we got to hang out at Celebration. Uh, I know where people can find you, but let everybody know where they can be listening to you or find you online if they want to talk some Star Wars or anything else. Well, the main ways that you can find me is through my podcasts. I have a few podcasts that I do. Um, my Star Wars podcasts are uh, Star Wars Bookworms, which is a Star Wars literature-focused podcast where we review all the comics and the books, and we just talk about anything that has to do with the literature side of Star Wars. And even we, we get into the movies and stuff too as well because you just you can't help it. You have to, right? If Force, Force Awakens comes out, Rogue One comes out, we're going to talk about that stuff too. But um, it's a podcast I do with Teresa Delgado, who is a way more popular podcaster than I am. So I've enjoyed that ride with her. And um, that's, that's the one. And then I do another one called Star Scavengers, which we do uh, Lego, Star Wars, and we focus on the Freemaker Adventures um, I do that one with Jonah Marie Macias, who is also a way more popular podcaster than I am. See, I just, I like to partner with people that are way more popular than me. <laughs> um, but you know, she's, she's great to podcast with and we have a lot of fun over there. Definitely recommend if you haven't, uh, you know, if you're just now starting to watch Free America Adventures, check out our podcast. We have some really good interviews, um, with people that you don't typically hear interviews from, from Lucasfilm. We actually got, uh, some pretty, we got lucky with some of the interviews that we've gotten so far. So I definitely recommend people going over there and checking that out. And then I do a Doctor Who podcast as well called Bad Wolf Radio with my good friend Adam Farmer, um, which is a, a great time. So that's mainly, that's where you're going to find me on those different podcasts. All of them are on iTunes, easy to find if you search for them. And then um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at A-V Goins, A-V-G-O-I-N-S. Well, I can say as an avid listener of all Aaron's podcasts, you should be listening to them. Uh, Bad Wolf Radio is great. If you love Doctor Who, it's a good podcast. So um, I, I really enjoy that show. Uh, 
Star Scavengers is is great. And then, um, you know, if you can't get enough Star Wars book talk, Star Wars book rooms is a blast. And so, and I got to finally meet Teresa too at Star Wars. Yeah, uh, she's pretty cool. So, yeah, she is pretty cool. So, she actually, uh, you know, was the inspiration for an episode that uh, we just did on aggressive negotiations. So, um, with uh, talking about taking Star Wars personally. Uh, so yeah, great stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Matt rushing zero two. You can also find me on Instagram at M rushing. I'm here on the network, of course, with the 602 club. Uh, you can find star Wars, the 602 club collection as well. And the orb with Chris Jones. We're talking about star Trek deep space nine. And then I have mentioned I'm over on the nerd party network doing aggressive negotiations with John Mills. Uh, we love talking star Wars. We love going deep like we just did. Um, we have a two-parter where it's it's me and him talking about those things together. Uh, you know, I, I talk about my side, and then the next episode he talks about his side of, of the very personal nature of Star Wars for us and, and what we connect to the most, what we've learned, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm also doing a great podcast with Drea Kaufman where we're talking about uh, Harry Potter. We walk through each and every chapter of the series, so... Uh, we're going as in-depth, I think, as you possibly can. So we're at uh, the Chamber of Secrets now, so make sure you check it out. It's it's easy to catch up with us, uh, and if you've never read Harry Potter, it's the perfect time to do so because we're walking through it slow. Uh, and if you have read Harry Potter a million times, it's also kind of the perfect time to catch up with us because um, we've read it a million times too. So... I hope everybody will check all of those things out for me and for Aaron. And thank you so much for joining us. And may the force be with you. (laughs) 